Hello, mamas. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jade Abbey, motherhood empowerment coach, founder of the Motherhood Community, and together we are going to redefine motherhood. This podcast is for any mama out there that is ready to step into her power, rediscover herself, and be inspired to thrive as the best mother she can be. So join me each week as we begin to create bigger conversations around the journey of becoming a mother, as well as interviews with the most inspiring mothers from around the globe. So as a community, we can start to empower and uplift each other in this wild but beautiful journey called motherhood. This is episode four, and today on the Motherhood Podcast, we are joined by fellow mama and founder of The Balance After Baby, Chelsea Stivers. Chelsea is a coach with a degree in psychology and currently studying a master's in occupational therapy. She specializes in maternal mental health and is the founder of The Balance After Baby community. Chelsea resides in South Florida with her husband, Andy, and beautiful 18-month-year-old son, William. After battling postpartum depression and anxiety herself and realizing the lack of support there is for women after giving birth, Chelsea has now made it her daily mission to help women find balance within their mind and body through their own postpartum journeys and beyond. So in this episode, we chat all about Chelsea's personal journey with postpartum depression and anxiety. She delves into how mothers can identify baby blues over postpartum depression and how to know when and how to seek the right help. Chelsea talks on different ways women can treat and work through postpartum depression and anxiety, as well as holistic approaches with learning coping mechanisms and stress management. We touch on how society fails women in their postpartum period and how as women we can empower each other and provide that extra support through this journey of motherhood. So without further ado, let's bring on the beautiful Chelsea Stivers. Chelsea, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah, it's such an honor to have you here. And I know, I know you've done so much work and study around this topic and um, you know, even gone through the experience of postpartum depression yourself with your son. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel, I really feel this is something that so many mothers are challenged with moving into motherhood. And I feel it is such an important topic for us to start having those bigger conversations around because I feel there's definitely a gap there of one, the awareness of, I guess, what it is and how to identify it. But I don't know whether you agree, like, I feel like there's a lot more talk around postpartum depression than there is postpartum anxiety. Like, I hear Mm. a lot about PPD, but not so much around PPA, even though I feel like there's a lot of mothers still suffering from that as well. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And they also go a lot of times they go hand in hand. So Mm. I, they don't have great statistics on any of this stuff. Um, There's just not a lot of research, especially in the U.S. A lot of it goes unreported as well. But from what I gathered, the average is about 60% of women who have postpartum depression also have postpartum anxiety. Mm. So 
Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, I think for me, I, I was diagnosed with both. However, my symptoms were, I would say, worse on the depression side of it. Um, but yeah, that's why it's important to just be really upfront and honest with your care provider about your symptoms. Because like I tell people all the time, your care providers are just treating symptoms. They're not treating depression or anxiety itself, like the title. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they definitely go hand in hand. But. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, I really wanted to get you on here because I feel mm -hmm. this is really where the support truly starts. Like mothers sharing openly about their own experiences um yeah. so we don't feel like we're tackling this alone and especially you know for mothers like yourself that have done so much study around the topic and to provide that professional support as well is amazing mm -hmm. so yeah i yeah. would just love to get into i guess dive into you and your journey mm -hmm. um so could you tell us a little bit about you know your journey through motherhood and your personal experience with postpartum depression yeah 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 so I'll give you just a little bit of background. Um, I, I was finishing my bachelor's degree in psychology um, when we planned to have my son, Will. Um, it was planned. <laughs> um, I was almost done with, with my degree and I was like, now's the time. I have a gap before my master's program starts. So um, you know, did all the, the reading of the books and, and planned for the pregnancy and chose my midwife and, and all that good stuff. Um, and despite having known about postpartum depression a bit, I found that no one talked about it. Even in my birthing class, it was really just kind of skipped over. Um, my midwife never really talked to me about it and warned me about it. No one asked me any questions about my past history if I had um, bouts of depression before or anything like that. Um, so I, I just, I really wasn't aware of, of signs to look for. The only, the only thing that I knew about postpartum depression was what I see in movies or what I read in articles and it's like the worst of the worst, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. What makes the headlines is, is the very rare um, type of cases of postpartum depression. So to me, it was like, you know, I, no one had ever talked about it with me. Like, I don't, I don't know any women that have had it, supposedly, you know. Yeah. Um, so after having my son, I, it took me five months to officially get diagnosed with postpartum depression. Five months, five very long months. Yeah. Um, of just feeling miserable. Um, I was really brushed off any symptom that I brought up to anyone was really brushed off as, oh, that's normal. You know, you have a newborn, mm. deal with it. We've all dealt with it. Buck up, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was pretty severe. It was excruciating fatigue and fatigue that wouldn't be recharged with no matter how much sleep I got. Um, physical body pains, of course. It was just bouts of crying, um, wanting to be left alone and be isolated. It was, it was a lot. 
it was lack of self-care. I didn't, um, I didn't want to take care of myself anymore. I didn't have an appetite, um, which really affected my milk supply when I was trying to breastfeed, actually. Um, I just, I didn't have an appetite. I, I couldn't force myself to eat. I, the thought of having to take a shower and the energy that I would expend doing that, I just, I couldn't do it, you know? Mm. Um, and it wasn't that, I, I always like to stress this to people because it wasn't that I didn't want to or couldn't take care of my son. That was never an issue with me. It was myself, like solely myself. So um, the turning point for me was when I had a moment where I just broke down and told my husband that, that he would be a better father to my son without me in the picture. And I say that, I think it sounds more dramatic, um, but in my head, it wasn't that, it wasn't that I didn't want to be here on earth. It was just, I didn't think that I was worthy or deserved my son or my husband. Wow. Um, and that was prob that was by far the hardest, the hardest point for me. And, and I, it, it affected my husband as well. You know, people, I think, kind of forget that postpartum depression also affects partners, um, Definitely. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he was actually the one that, you know, of course he was like, you're, that's ridiculous. You know, you're an amazing mom, blah, 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 but you just don't hear it. You don't, you can't absorb that. And he was the one who actually kind of pulled me aside and he was so supportive and, you know, he, I'm kind of headstrong and I don't like being told what to do. So he knew how to, how to tell me, you know, yeah. he just kind of pulled me aside and said, I just want you to know that if you feel ever that you need to talk to someone or get any sort of help, I'm here for you and I will help you do that. And it was like, that was the moment where I kind of switched and I could see outside of myself yeah, and okay. look down and, and be like, wow, it's, it's bad, you know, and I need to, I need to get help for sure. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get like, I guess with this, so many, I mean, pretty much every single mother at some point feels, you know, some level of, stress anxiety sleep deprivation feelings of right. overwhelm you know not enjoying moments as a mother all of that so i guess how as mothers do we identify what is normal like what mm -hmm. are normal feelings to experience in motherhood and what are signs of more actual ppd like right would you be able yeah. to shed some light on that and i guess the main things that mothers should be looking out for with that yeah 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 absolutely so the term baby blues is thrown around a lot um mm. for all i'm sure in australia it's called baby blues yeah. too right yeah okay. okay so baby blues typically is up until two weeks Right. Some people will say it's, it should be gone by like three days, okay, but when you're talking to your care provider, typically, at least here, it's let's talk about it after two weeks, okay. So with the, the baby blues, it's approximately 80% of women will experience some form of baby blues, 
And really it's just um, worrying about your baby, but in a normal sense of, you know, well, are they getting enough, enough milk? Um, you know, are they, are they safe? Are they gonna get, you know, any diseases or sickness or anything? Very like normal things that you would worry about. And then it's um, some mood swings as your hormones regulate and then maybe some cries, little bits um, of crying, um, you know, fatigue, of course, um, all of that is normal within that two week period. And then once you kind of get out of that two week period is when you kind of need to start kind of thinking about it in terms of like, is this, how severe are these symptoms for me? So if you're worrying after two weeks and it's excessive and it's worrying to the point of, I don't want to walk down the stairs holding my baby. I don't want to be in front mm -hmm. of a window with my baby because what if something flies in or I can't rest because I'm so nervous. Um, you know, when my baby's sleeping, I want to be watching them sleeping. That's mm -hmm. a lot of that postpartum anxiety that we start getting into with that. Um, with the postpartum depression, then those symptoms are going to be more like your batteries never recharged, no matter how much um, sleep you get, your appetite may be affected. You, the crying bouts are more frequent and they're longer and you can't pinpoint exactly what's making you cry. Um, the mood swings, you might experience postpartum rage, which people don't really talk about, mm. um, but that's, that's definitely a thing. Um, just heightened anger at anything and everything. Um, but so, so that's kind of the difference between, you know, the baby blues, I think what's, what's a good thing to kind of think of it as the baby blues, if someone one were to kind of look into your life, I don't think that they would think that what, what you're experiencing is super abnormal. You know, they, they would kind of okay. understand that, well, she just had a baby, you know, that her hormones are going crazy, she's not sleeping, you know, this is kind of appropriate for how someone would be acting. Um, I think the postpartum depression and anxiety, a stranger looking in on your life might be a little concerned, you know, so. Mm, I guess, I guess there's definitely a problem there though as well with like how much mothers are opening up about it for mm. other people, for their support network to identify it as well. Do you get me? Yeah. Like, do, do you feel like mm. that is something that a lot of um, mothers struggle with is keeping all of that internally and not, yeah. and not being opening about it? Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of, I think that we're doing, uh, it's funny because I want to say, I think we're doing really well with talking more about it um, because there's, there's generational trauma, which I talk a lot about, but there's um, these stigmas that get passed down from generation to generation. And I feel like our generation now is, is, you know, kind of taking a step back and being like, no, that's not right. I don't want to suffer. Like, I'm not, I'm not just going to grin and bear it for the sake of, of my pride, you know, or because someone tells me that I should. Yeah. Um, I, so I want to say that we're doing better with talking about it. Um, but then again, like social media can be, it can be your, your worst enemy when it comes to postpartum depression and anxiety and just postpartum period in general, because we're inundated with so much um, visual images um, and <laughs> 
always comparing ourselves, I think, um, you know, but I will say that I have found really good information on postpartum support. Um, you just have to kind of know where to look, you know, mm. it's not, might not be too in your face, um, but that's kind of what I'm working on too, is just getting that, that support out there too. Um, yeah, I was going to ask that, like, so, you know, okay, so we've got to the point where, okay, I feel like maybe this is something I do need help with. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. what are the steps? How do we go yeah. about and seek that help? Right. So my, my story, I, I don't want to say it's funny, but it is kind of funny because I, you know, I have my degree in psychology. I'm going to get my master's degree in something that involves psychology as well. And despite all of that, when I was going through it, I still could not ask for help. It's like, I was so stubborn and I was so just like ashamed, you know, that I, Mm. I felt like I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. And that's coming from someone who like very well should know what to do. Right. Mm. (laughs) Um, so I actually ended up, um, scheduling a pap smear at five months postpartum because I was like, okay, if I can just get in and like sit down in front of her, then maybe she'll ask me how I'm doing. And then Mm -hmm. I can like, you know, break down and tell her. And that's kind of what happened. So it ended up working out, but you know, that I don't know if that was like the best route, you know, it's like, why, why should I feel so ashamed to, to ask someone for help? Um, so I would say, and now again, like COVID makes things a little more complicated. Um, but there are so many options. So your primary care physician, if you go to one, like your family doctor, you can definitely talk to them. You can see your OB or midwife. Um, you can schedule a pap smear if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go the route that I did. Um, but just, just even just calling the front desk and saying, hey, I need to talk to a nurse or someone, you know, this is how I'm feeling you know, you can do that. You can, there's, um, telehealth. That's actually what I do for myself now is I found a maternal mental health specialist that does teletherapy. So it's kind of like, like a zoom meeting or, Mm. um, FaceTime and that's my appointment. And that's how I get, you know, my therapy and my medication. So there's that option. Yes. And then there's a, a postpartum support international, has a directory where you can find providers in your area and then they also have a helpline that you can either call or text so if you're you know a little bit scared to to actually talk to someone on the phone you can actually just send over a text Um, it's really easy and really quick and they can assist you from there so there are options people just like don't know about it which is unfortunate but yeah yeah well i want to touch on because you know you mentioning going to your gp now when it comes to working through postpartum depression and anxiety, I know like we, we kind of live in a society at the moment that is very quick to make us believe medication is the first and only answer when it mm-hmm. comes to these sort of things. And yeah. I, know, I know there's definitely times when medication, I guess, is necessary, but yeah. I'm definitely a big advocate for natural holistic approaches when it's an option. And yeah. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. And do you feel postpartum depression and anxiety is something that can be kind of worked through without using medication? Is there Mm -hmm. holistic methods as a first Mm -hmm. point of call? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, so I like to think of it as, as a spectrum because there's not a one-size-fits-all as far as postpartum depression and anxiety treatments go. Mm -hmm. um, and really, to get the best treatment, it really needs to be a holistic approach um, and multidisciplinary, meaning it needs to have, it needs to be a spectrum, you know. You're, if you are prescribed a medication and you take that medication, it can help and it can do wonders, but it's, that's not a tool for your daily life right? That's not right. coping mechanisms and stress management and all of that. So what I like to say, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background too, is that in the United States, um, midwives are kind of, I don't know about Australia. I feel like midwives are more common in Australia. Yeah, but, um, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. But like in the U.S., you're kind of seen as like, oh, you're like crunchy granola, hippie kind of person mm. if you go see a midwife, right? <laughs> so... So I went the midwife route and I dived, you know, face first into that crunchy granola lifestyle, <laughs> you know, like that was me. I was going to make like organic baby food yeah. and cloth diapers and all of that stuff. So slightly for relate me, to that. Like, <laughs> right. So for me, I, I tried anything and everything. So diffusing essential oils, which I really do believe in. Um, you know, stress management and coping mechanisms, so breathing techniques and visualizations and um, massages and chiropractor, I mean, anything and everything, you name it. Um, and a lot of times that works for people and they will be fine. They, they're able to learn those tools and use them and it works for them. Um, in my case, nothing worked. So in my case, it was purely brain chemistry, um, my hormones affecting my brain chemistry, and um, it can be genetics, it can be trauma that you've experienced in your life, and you just need medication to balance out your brain chemistry, and it's purely biological, and that's it. Um, and that's, in my case, that's what I needed. But what I always say to people is, that's not going to be like your, your magic pill. It's going to help you, but you have to learn how to use the, the stress management tools and the coping mechanisms because like, you know, a lot of antidepressants, for example, your body gets used to them and they stop working. So then you have to switch and it's this vicious cycle of constantly switching and adapting to medications. And I think what I like to tell people too is that a lot of times people need that medication to tap into the ability to use those coping mechanisms. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of an example is when I was, you know, really down um, with the postpartum depression, I, I couldn't remember what made me happy, what I was interested in. And I'm someone who like, I'm a passionate person. I have passions. I love art. I love music. I love, but I did not love anything. Like, I could not remember what I was into. Like, I didn't even know who I was, really, you know? So, for me, I needed that medication to kind of alleviate some of those depression symptoms, which sparked my interest in things again, and now I can use those interests to be cathartic and to, you know, put my energy into 
And now maybe I can lower my dosage on my antidepressant and maybe I can slowly wean off of it, you know, with, with my, my provider's instructions, of course. But that's kind of what I like to say to people too, is if you're finding yourself, you know, trying anything and everything, it could be your, your brain chemistry and you just need to balance that out a little bit. And then now the whole world opens for you as far as finding new things that you can pour your energy into, you know, and, you know. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. so is there some like risk factors as well to kind of um, look out for when it comes to PPD and A? Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely family history, um, your past, if you've ever experienced depression or anxiety symptoms before, even if you weren't clinically diagnosed, um, any childhood trauma or trauma that you may have experienced before, um, that could be like sexual abuse or a traumatic event, um, a, a death of someone that you grieved over that was very heavy on your heart. Um, there's, you know, social isolation factors. So like for me, I moved away when I was, before I got pregnant, but you know, when I was pregnant, I lived somewhere where I didn't have um, you know, my side of the family, um, or many friends, and so I was already kind of in this, this socially isolated environment, um, that plays a huge role, and then support, obviously, if you don't have a lot of people that you can, can call to come over, or anything like that, that's going to be a risk factor, and then financial stress, believe it or not, is a, is a huge risk factor, so, because that just adds so much stress to, your already stressful situation. Um, and then there's also cultural factors as well, which a lot of people don't talk about, but um, there are cultures that do not believe in postpartum depression or depression at all. Yes, yeah, so, mm -hmm, yeah, so in, in those cultures, it's super isolating because you can't even what you're saying you're experiencing is not valid. It's not real. It's not happening. So that's a big one as well. Um, so that's, that's really interesting uh, to talk about, which I could talk about for hours, but yeah, just being aware of those risk factors. Um, you know, if you're like, well, yeah, actually I did experience this traumatic event in childhood. And actually now that I think about it, my mom had mentioned that she was, you know, on a medication before, and those are all things that you should really talk to your care provider about while you're pregnant, just so that they kind of can make a note of, like, maybe we need to screen, you know, this patient a little bit earlier than we might with someone else, you know. Yeah, and is it fair to say that even your own, your birth, birthing experience would play? Oh my gosh, yes, that is yeah. such a big one, and I totally... Did not mention that, but that's huge. Birth trauma is huge. It's something that we're just kind of now kind of diving into research-wise, but um, birth trauma, so emergency C-section or medical interventions that you weren't planning for, um, even things like people yelling at you while you're giving birth, just that, that heightened mm -hmm. verbal um, stress, um, you know, especially premature babies, um, parents that have to spend time in the NICU, that's a, you're at a huge risk for postpartum depression if your child is in the NICU. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's, mm. that's gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I know I've spoken to a few mothers that have mentioned that and how that's really added to, especially anxiety. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk on, I guess, just the um, support that we currently have in society when it comes around this. And I feel like, you know, one thing that has really driven me to personally want to create these bigger conversations around motherhood and the struggles that mothers are facing is just mm -hmm. through my journey as a mother, I've really come to realize, I guess, just the current societal culture around motherhood and where the focus and priorities lie when it comes to parenting and I just feel like there is currently so much absence in the support that is readily available for women um, after having a child and just the lack of acknowledgement I guess when it comes to the transition that women actually go through moving through motherhood and mm -hmm. the significance of that do you yeah. agree? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I get really fired up about it, especially in the U.S. Um, and I don't want to go on a political tangent or like talk about, I don't want to bash the U.S., um, <laughs> you know, because I'm born and raised here and, and I'm, I'm happy to be. But we, our society in the U.S. does not set women up and mothers up for success at all. It is like an uphill battle just to get the healthcare that you need during pregnancy and birth, and then to have access to postpartum care at all. We get one postpartum check at six weeks, and because of COVID, women aren't even getting that. They are getting mm. like a phone call, like, hey, how are you doing? Well, I guess I'm fine. I mean, I don't know. I'm talking to you on the phone. You know, I'm not it's a different experience when you're sitting in front of somebody face to face and you feel a little more vulnerable, you know, and you're able to share more. I mean, someone on the phone at six weeks postpartum is just going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's fine. Like, let's yeah. just, you know, carry on, so you know? True. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's hard. It's really hard for me to put into words how disappointing it is that, there are so many women that could use support that just aren't, they're not going to get it, you know, and it, yeah. I don't want to be pessimistic about it, but unless, unless we make massive change, we're leaving so many women behind and it's so unfortunate because they are struggling and they're suffering and, and they're, we don't know it. I mean, how could we possibly know it? Right. I mean, we, we're trying so hard to, to reach out and to help, but the truth of the matter is that there's just people that are never going to be able to access any support um, without massive change. So, you know, that's something that I get really riled up about. Mm -hmm. And that's the okay. whole purpose of what I'm doing now is because me as a privileged, you know, white woman in America who, you know, is financially stable, comes from a good family, is well-educated. I still had so much trouble getting diagnosed, getting treatment, and coping, you know, and that, and I'm, I'm privileged here, you know, yeah. so, I mean, that's, to me, that's such a travesty, and that's, again, that's, like, my whole mission is, like, I will never come across a woman in my life who's experiencing anything that I did without helping that person, you know, yes. that's, I truly am like so passionate about that. Um, we have to yeah. empower each other, you know, yes. like we have to, like, I don't, I don't get the whole like pride thing of like, 
you know, well, I worked really hard to get through it and, you know, that's it. I'm going to forget about it. I'm not going to remember what it's like to suffer like that. And I'm not mm. going to help anybody else. It's like, it's your duty as a human being to, to empower others, especially women, especially women that are suffering. I mean, it's like incredible to me. <laughs> yeah, so. I totally agree. It is such a powerful thing when mothers can get together collectively and just support and encourage each other and empower each other in this journey that we are all going through. Like we're all going through pretty much the same struggles. Like, I know. It, yeah. And I, I know, you know, everything you're doing is very much encouraging that collective support between women. And I really do. I think it's so needed and I vouch for that. It's my mission also. Um, hence, why you are here because I just feel like this is, is so important for mothers to, to hear the honesty yeah. and be able to relate to these sort of stories um, when there is that gap and that lack of support out there in society. Well that's exactly right and what people don't realize is that postpartum depression does, doesn't just affect the mom. Postpartum no. depression that goes untreated affects infant development it affects partner relationships, social relationships. It affects, I mean, the, the sad statistic in the United States is that 20% of, of women that have untreated postpartum depression will commit suicide. And that's mm -hmm. heartbreaking. And that 20% that of women, that should be 100% preventable. And it is 100% preventable. Yes. But we, we are so like, ugh. It's just, I could talk about it for hours and it gets me so riled up because it's like that 20% should not be there. That should not be a thing. You know, it's, it's, so it's just, it's so true. And, and people need to understand that it's not just the mom that's being affected. It is, it is the baby. It's the child. I mean, that creates a lot of different problems for, for a lot of people. So it is. Yeah, it just, it's, it's just this big flow and effect, isn't it, to everyone exactly. and everything else in your life. So exactly. it's why exactly. these communities um, are so important. And I'd love to kind of know what's next for you and mm -hmm. the Balance After Baby community, what your vision yeah. is moving forward. What's next? Yeah, so I created the Balance After Baby with the vision of it being this platform where women can go to for to educate themselves because the truth of the matter is that we don't know a lot about postpartum depression and we're never told about it we're not it's not something that we talk about all the time so to educate themselves to provide free resources to provide um a pro I'm actually working on a program. Uh, it's more of like a workshop um, that's just finding balance within your mind and your body um, in your postpartum period. Um, because that's, I mean, that's my passion project. That's what I truly believe really helps you on your postpartum journey is finding that balance um, between your mental well-being and your physical well-being. So I'm working on that. Um, I have a couple of books in the work as well. I have like 50 million things going on, but I'm really excited about it because I want women to be able to log in and it's just like everything is laid out in front of them. They get the education that they need to then empower themselves to get the treatment that they need. 
And then it's also um, a supportive community as well. So they're able to make connections with other moms that are experiencing the same things that they are. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's really what, what the Balance After Baby is about. And I'm working on so many things and I'm super excited to start rolling all of that out um, within the next few months. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just a matter of, of, of making it accessible for everyone and getting the word out there. Um, you know, it's like, dropping a, a what what's the the phrase like a I don't know like a needle in a haystack or something yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because we're so inundated with so much stuff on social media it's like I really need to to just get the word out um yeah. so that we can help these women you know so amazing amazing yeah. well I'm so excited to watch your journey and just everything you're creating through the balance after you baby as well journey. you as well yeah thank you um and Absolutely. i just i want to take this moment i guess just to just thank you for everything that you're putting out and all the support you're providing to mothers because it's so needed and it is honestly so refreshing to see mothers like yourself just having that courage and honesty to put yourself mm. out there in all your humanness and just be real and relatable in your journey because I feel that is light like that is light to so many of the women to feel comfortable in doing the same and actually talking about their struggles um, yeah. and not feeling that guilt and shame to reach out and ask for help so yeah thank you for being that light I have tears in my eyes honestly it's so scary to be so vulnerable yeah. and to be so open. But again, it's like, I'm not going to let my pride get in the way of helping other women. That's just like, it's mind blowing to me that, that that's even a thing. So, and it's that, yeah, it's I'm, that courage that is inspirational and it is so needed. And I just, I do, I want to take this moment to just thank you for that. Um, I know so many mothers will get so much value out of this episode and everything that you've brought to it. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for providing uh, the space and the platform for me to, to share that, you know? Yeah. Well, for all our listeners, if you would like to also follow Chelsea's journey, please make sure to head on over and show some love to her socials. Um, so Chelsea, how can our listeners find you? Yep. So on Instagram, it's just the balance after baby. Um, and I have a weird like Chicago accent. So it's balance, B-A-L-A-N-C-E, and then after baby. Um, and then my website is the same thing, www.thebalanceafterbaby.com. And I'm on Facebook. I'm, there's a million zillion. I mean, I'm anywhere and everywhere, I think. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but a good resource for them is to go to my website and sign up for the free um, weekly newsletter that I put out um, because that's something that I do every single week right now. Everything else is kind of in the works. So that that's probably the most helpful as well as our private um, support community on Facebook. So um, yeah. Amazing. Much all that. <laughs> Make sure you head on over. I will definitely be following your journey. So Thank you, Chelsea. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
Mamas, if you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more from the Motherhead podcast, please make sure to spread the love, like and subscribe so you can keep up to date with all our latest episodes and interviews. You can also head on over via the link in the episode bio to the Motherhead Instagram community where you'll find your weekly dose of inspiration, tips and talks all on motherhood empowerment. So I hope to see you all there.